Today's podcast is sponsored by Springdale Automotive, the next generation in car care, locally owned, professionally operated, whatever you drive, we service. Domestic, Euro, hybrid, electric, classics, diesel. Springdale's classic car services include maintenance, repair, and diagnostics. Five convenient neighborhood locations. How may we be of service? Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel. And we are excited to welcome Mark Whalen, owner of Chameleon Color Systems Incorporated. Mark has had years of experience with body work, which we are going to pick his mind about his processes behind a full restoration as it pertains to body work. And Mark, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Um, Great to be here. One of the fun things about old car ownership is really, in my opinion, you buy these things and they could be, let's call it a piece of clay. And you think to yourself, okay, here's what I'm going to do to it. I'm going to, I'm going to sandblast it. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, you know, make sure that I've got the right paint picked out, make sure that the paint is uh, period correct in that of originality, um, as it were stock. What processes do you take when somebody says, here's a 77 Datsun 280, I want it brought back to originality, what do you do, where do you start? Well, the first step is you have to look at the overall car, see if you need anything replaced, what you can repair, and what's under what's already been done. Mm -hmm. And once you get into that, I mean, it's hard to put a number on it until you actually get into it. You may run into inches of Bondo where the car looks good, and then you get in there and there's hidden rust, which is the big deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, you may have to... Before you get too deep in it, make sure what's available in case you do have to buy parts for it. I see. So, what, I guess, the when you go out to evaluate, how do you evaluate your what needs to be done so that if a customer says, hey, I've got $8,000 I want to spend on this vehicle, we understand that those are estimates, but are they typically high are they typically low? Are they on spot? Uh, what what could you give somebody who says, I've got an $8,000 budget? I think the main thing you have to find is a common ground. Where where do you want to start and where do you want to stop? Mm-hmm. And once you get that established, then you can move forward from there. Um, you know, some people don't want a full restoration. They just want their car to look like a good driver. You can do that. But you you got to you got to kind of understand where the budget is, where the money is, and keep every. The big thing is keep everything in check. Don't mm-hmm. let, don't come in and bring me a car and bring me ten thousand dollars to say start on. Mm-hmm. Bad move. Just like me going, oh, just pay me at the end. Bad move. Make sure everybody stays on page. Do a really and and really the only way you can do this is is really a keep a time table on it. Mm-hmm. If I've got your car, I don't want you to come in every week, take a look, say, yep, we've made this progress, and I go, here's the hours, and we can move from there. Because if it gets lopsided, because you see that every day. Oh, People sure. go, I took my car to this guy, and I gave him $10,000, and I've got nothing. Well, well, no, he got way ahead of you. Right. And it's the same deal. You bring me a car and never bring me a penny, then you kind of get pushed to the side. I see. So, yep. Keep everything in check and everything moving forward and everybody on the same page mm-hmm. and everybody gets results they want. So aside from like uh, insurance repair work and things that, that uh, of that nature that's, that's pretty common to body shops, uh, say a customer comes in, I got a 
50 Mercury. I want it to be Cobra, Cobra ready. Um, and it, it, it's primed. It looks like it's in good shape, but he's handed it off to you. He wants, he wants that premium. I want to see my soul in the paint job work. What, how much time goes into viewing a car, doing an evaluation, making sure everything's straight, everything looks good? Um, how much time and work goes into uh, start to finish on a car that is not quite ready to paint, but almost ready to paint? You know, you could still put hundreds of hours in a car. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. You know, it amazes people still come in. I mean, with a three-year-old car go, I want my whole car painted. No, you don't. There's that's a lot of time and and I pay my guys pretty good. So I mean you start you start running the clock on it and it gets it gets kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. So when it comes and that's why I'm saying you it, you need to keep it like a weekly log on it where everybody gets together. That way you see a progress report and everybody knows everything's moving the way it should. So how many coats of paint goes into that steal your soul paint job? And and when I'm talking about it, I know it's kind of hard to. You, I know you know what I'm talking about, but, you know, Jason and Eric, we were at a car show this spring, and uh, there was a Corvette there. I believe it was a 78 Corvette. The black one? That had a black paint job mm-hmm. on it. And I'm telling you, you stare in it, and it steals your soul. It was that, it, the depth of this paint job was, I mean, it was one of the finest paint jobs I've ever seen on you an know, automobile. It's it's it is some of the paint job, but it's it's the preparation work. Absolutely, too. and that's what I'd like to hear. Yep, and that's kind of where I was getting at. I mean, so I, I know learned, it's, yeah, I know it could be hundreds of hours, but I mean, how my many? brother that we were talking about just died like in July. I started with him when I was 11, 12 years old. He restored Corvettes, and if he ever saw me sand on a car with my fingers, he would beat the shit out of me. <laughs> You, you block everything. Everything has to be blocked that way. You you have no no straight ripples. You no ripples, and the straighter it is, the better the paint's gonna look. So it's all it's the paint is the paint's thirty percent. The rest is how you prep it for the paint. When you're doing that estimate, and then, on, the, and then oh. the final, and then the final, you know, the, when you sand and buff them, you don't just sand them. You you have to block. You have to buff. I mean, it's. It's a it's a big process to make them look like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're doing that estimate with them, when they bring a car into it, it could be an old car, a new car. You never know what's underneath the paint that's already on it. Like you're saying, right. is it is the is that back quarter panel bondo or is it a big hole underneath mm-hmm. there, or is there metal still there? So, is it what part of that process? You go around and say, well, let's go to some trouble spots on some of these makes and models. You know, where typical rust spots like. I got my old magnet. Or does that magnet thing work anymore? Are, are most of these cars out of uh, fiberglass and plastic now? Or is it still? Oh, the new ones are. Can you still take the magnet around and just tap it around and go? You know, you can you can kind of peck on a car and tell what it's got in it. Mm-hmm. Just the material you, difference by the sound on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's got a dead a dead sound to it, it's probably got a lot of bondo in it. If, it, if it's still got a little ting to it, it's. You can tell. I mean. It's, it's a pro. It's a learning process. I mean, yeah. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely a science to it. For oh, sure. absolutely. I mean, no, it's just you've been experienced. Repetitive. By yeah. yeah. So, what John was talking about about the paint. So we you go through and you figure out, okay, this approximately about the kind of bodywork we're we think we're going to have to get into it, um, and then the paint. I guess there's different levels of quality of paint. So it's kind of like it's it's kind of like what's the what does the owner want 
out of the end yeah. of this. It's like, I, it's my daily driver. I just don't want it to look chipped up versus um, I want John's. The, I want the Ferrari finish. Or Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure that's part of it, too, when they talk about and, budgeting. And it's, it's like it, well, It's knowledge. It's like buying clothes. You can overpay for it, or you can get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Or you can go real cheap, and that's what you get. Right. The two ninety nine Mako special. <laughs> <laughs> we can have you in and out in four hours. Yeah. There you go. Just, <laughs> and I've seen some of them that weren't that bad for, but don't keep it over two years. All right. <laughs> there you go. So, so let's say I bring you a car that uh, needs to be sandblasted. What what processes go in into that? Um, uh, is that an easy thing to do once it's sanded? Then then what's the next what's the next stage? Well, depending on uh, sandblasted a car down to bare metal. Yeah, just like that 72-510 that you had. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yep. Well, that that was one. That's That turned out to be a nice car. We we went, uh, yeah, that car was a lot more than. A lot more than you. That was that was what yeah that was when you ran to rust under rust under rust right. and replacing panels but it mm-hmm. was you know it was fun because I like how really if if you're in that to make money it's a it's a tough one right <laughs> I do I do three or four or five of those a year because I like doing them but you really if if you divert what what you could be making on these little fender bender cars mm-hmm. you lose money sure I mean, sure sure. But, but you know, there's a lot of satisfaction in it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And that's where you get into the art. Because I, I, I've had friends that have, that have uh, friends that have had their dad's brand body shops, and I've seen them in their garage where they do all the work at home. And there's absolutely, it's artwork. It's not just, uh, just pop tabs off like, and mechanics have artwork to it too. But it, there's absolutely creativity when it comes into shaping and how many... T- how far do you sand it down before you go back and touch it, and and just mm, a little more? No, that's too much. Or how much pressure and what the angle is. So I guess what we're kind of looking at is, someone brings a car. What's kind of I guess the hundred foot view of the the here are the here are the five things or the here are the steps the main steps that are going to happen when if you get a car take a car in to get it painted. Well, the big thing now is you know I I honestly I don't do that much hands-on anymore sure. i've i've got a bunch of great guys that work for me and and you kind of know what what their deal is what their specialty is and what they enjoy doing so i you learn where to direct them on that and put them on it and this one's going to make this one do. right so that's that's where you that's where you gain your ground there and you've got the guys that will you got your production guys but then you have the guys that are gonna mm-hmm. end the proper amount of time make it as straight as it can be right. and it's it's ready to go so like there's 2000 grit there's 1000 grit i mean uh, starting with the first level of okay let's get this thing down to where we know we can put a very nice smooth paint job on this car what um i guess the preparation well you don't want it that slick when you're painting it because the paint will come off but you want it you know, 400 to 800 where the paint will bite to it. Okay. And then uh, use the thousands, 1500s, and like on your Mustard. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the on the final. Right. On the on the final paint to slick it out. Okay. 
Hold on. You said your Mustang was original paint. No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Eric? Oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> no, it was, it, it, Hold on. I thought his Mustang was original paint. It's, ori- it's, a, it's original awesome. paint from when he bought it. There you go. That's, that's <laughs> it was original undercoating. Answer. Thank you, Mark, for clearing that up, right? right original right. undercoating, well, but the paint. We'll discuss that all No, we, we had to do a little sand and buffing on that car. We didn't do any. We haven't done any paint work on that car, though. No. Sand and buffing only. Yep. Oh, wow. Well, which actually brings you to a good question because – when you paint, when you repaint a car, especially from bare metal up, you want that paint as thin. Correct me if I'm wrong here. You want that paint thin, correct? And then the the clear coat is what you want a little bit thicker. The right? paint the paint has got to cover. Mm-hmm. Once it's covered, then it's good. And the clear, yeah, that's where you get your depth. But you don't want to go too you don't want to go too heavy because then then you run into the crow's feet problem down the road. You mm-hmm. run into it's like overdoing anything. Right. You get too much product on there. I I fixed a, a hood on a guy's car this week, and I said I did not paint it because if I it had three four little chips, it goes I want to paint the hood. Mm-hmm. I said, well, if I repaint it, there's more product on there. So now when it's going to chip, it's going to be big chips, not little pinheads. Right. Well, what a lot. So of yeah, people- you want to you want to keep you want to keep enough on there where you get the depth and and. Okay, so what is a the standard layer of clear coat after you, you got the paint on a car? Is it three or four coats, or is it three? Three okay. usually will do it. Gotcha. I never knew that. That was that's. Thank you for sharing that. And then I see, I hear the thing of wet sanding. Once you have, once the paint's on, what when does wet sanding happen, and why do you do that? Why does that happen? For the most part, like on a, on a car, like you're on a restored car, you're doing to take an orange peel and all that out of it, or any any contaminants, imperfections. You you may get a little mad in there. It'll it'll cut any of that out of there and put it back to. And that's why you, that's why you put three or four coats clear on, so you have product to work with, so you can block them and sand them and make them as slick as you want them to be. And that's I think what most people might not realize that that clear coat is thicker than the paint. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the paint's the color. Then everything that you're that you see the imperfections. So would it be fair to say that most of the times when people have a scratch on a car, the paint's not scratched. It's just the uh, clear coat. It can be. Most, yeah. And so if it, if it's not all the way down into like the base coat, you can sand, wet sand it and buff it out, or or at least hide it well enough where you don't have to paint mm-hmm. the car. Okay. And for our listeners, there are different types of paint that you put on different panels of the vehicle, correct? So, in other words, if the bumpers are plastic, there's a different paint process that goes on the plastic bumpers than that of the metal part of the car. Well, on plastic, you use uh, adhesion promoter, and you have to wipe them down because they are injected molding, so molded, so you know they do have some kind of release agent on them so you got to make sure that's all off or you'll have you'll have paint adhesion problems down the road if you don't if you don't hit that process i never knew there was two different kinds of paint for uh, metal and plastic well the paint the paint's actually the same um however with uh with bumpers and rubber parts or plastic parts they do put a flex agent in them okay for contraction right So there's an additive to it for mm-hmm. those for a non-solid right. part, just so it'll just so to flex. Very cool. 
Well, let's take a quick moment and ask uh, our listeners to please check out our sponsor, GD Hearing. GD Hearing provides options on insuring not only your classic car, but for all of your collectibles. Please check them out at gdhearing.com. And Jason, let's do a quick quiz for you. Oh, okay, sure. We don't <laughs> have a... <laughs> <laughs> Love Wait, this part of the show. Yeah, this is great. Jason always uh-huh. has the right answer. Uh, we'll, and, we'll see. So we, you just brought up a couple terms here. Uh, crow's feet, yes. orange peel, mm-hmm. fish eye. Go ahead. Fish eye. <laughs> um, Those are not just knuckles. classic surgery terms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Smelly feet. I mean, yeah. So what are these terms? Can you describe... They don't have pictures on here, but we'll put pictures on the on the on the website. What would you describe as uh, fish eye, crow's feet, and orange peel, and why do those three different things happen? What causes those three things to happen? I don't know. Well, I think I know the causes. Uh, orange peel looks just like that of uh, an orange peel, uh, but it's on the paint of your car. So, obviously, um, now some cars. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the you're the expert. Some cars just naturally have that, and it's consistent all the way around. So yeah. th- what you want to look for is consistency. The 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 fish eye, I believe, is when the vehicle is painted and the um, the contaminants somehow hit the paint, which hit the car, and then when you put the silicone's the biggest uh, okay cause okay. of fish okay. eye. Very good. And the crow's feet's just small, minor little cracks in the paint mm-hmm. um, that are caused by either what, age. Okay, there you go. Age, weathering. Mm-hmm. Same thing caused crow's feet on your face. Okay, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> age and weathering. Age and weather. Now, right. <laughs> now here's a question. Now you, you said that. So we just came off talking about how a lot of these uh, things are mostly with the clear coat. When we're talking about these three things, are those things that you would find in the clear coat, or is that actually things that you would see under the clear coat that's happening with the paint? I'm going to divert that question, Mr. Whalen. If you see it in the paint, you stop immediately and start over. Okay. It's it's If you see fish eye or any, any of the stuff that you're talking about, it's in the clear. Okay. Because that's, norm, that's normally a reaction that happens when you're too far in to back up. Okay. Because I, I know we see... YouTube videos where they where they're gonna risk the little car detailers like well here's some things here and if we see either fish eye or different things we can take care of that with with the detailing products but certain things like crows crows feet you kind of be careful because some things could be all the way through or is that crows feet are gonna pro- more than likely be all the way through so it's a, a repaint your only option okay. there. Fish eye and and some of the other stuff. If it's mild, you, sometimes you can get it out, but but if it's if it's very drastic at all, then it's normally start over. Okay. So, what can what products what can people do to help protect their paint the best? Let's say you've just done this car, you hand this guy his seventy seven Datsun two eighty, and you're like, hey man, enjoy the car. Here's what I recommend just to keep the reflective qualities of the paint uh, at its maximum what 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 i mean you don't want them in the sun necessarily uh you want them you know in a dark cold dry place typically is the best thing to do for all these old cars but um are there any uh you know polishes that you recommend or, or you know i've i've always said carnauba wax once the paint's good and cured but this ceramic coating stuff i have personally haven't had anything done 
as far as that goes. I hear people that rave about it. I've seen, especially on black cars, seen the results of it, and it, it looks fantastic. But beyond that, I'm, I don't really know. Well, that's a shame. I was going to ask you. Uh, that was going to be there, my there follow-up question <laughs> is, you know, the, the newest and greatest thing is these acrylic spray paints right out of the bottle bring your car back to showroom shine you know it's 25 years old you spray it on it and wipe it off and it's brand new again obviously that's the commercial but is is just don't do it on a dirty car you'll scratch it but yeah is it the real deal Uh, is that ceramic coating uh everything it's built up to be once again i'm not sure it's it's still kind of new and i like i haven't had anything personally done so i can't say well look at my car Mm-hmm. But I've seen some cars, especially black cars, it's been done to and done right. You know, you'll see a noticeable difference. And it kind of concerns me because, and you may be able to answer this question: you put it on there and it doesn't look right. Is it easy to take off? Like you know, you you wax your car and you know you got the squirrels and you can do it, and eventually the wax is going to wear off with car washes. And you know, sun that's in there. That's you a good put question. that acrylic finish on there. I think it's. It bonds to your to your car, to your paint. So, you know, just like anything else, if you put too much product in there or not enough, it's not going to have a consistent finish. And you, you do your brand new or recently or fairly new car, and you want to put that acrylic finish on because it repels. Are you sealing in an imperfection? Right. Uh, what happens if you're not happy with, you after you right. put acrylic finish on your car, how do you? start over that's or a good question but I've, I've never heard anybody go look at this horrible ceramic coating job i've got gotcha so i you know i don't know yeah I've ne- i don't know off face firsthand if i've ever seen what to bring somebody else in on that one finish on. Yeah. <laughs> right right I, i'm sure these guys at these car shows that we have uh have, have used that product and maybe uh this spring or summer we'll run into some of those guys ask. and we'll we'll get a well you know most of most of those car show cars are going to be that's what they're doing right now when it's 35 degrees and snow and they're out there elbow grease in their cars. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's why they look like they do because they put sweat but, equity in them. I, I love the, the Mika Model Show. Uh, I watch those religiously. Oh, uh, yeah. Almost daily uh, uh, at home. And when they show those cars, and I know they got all the lights and all the angles covered, <laughs> right. but when they bring these cars up there, I mean, there's dirt is it's a 42 Ford and it looks like it's brand new and it's shiny, glossy, mm-hmm. and it's probably not the original paint job. I get that, but you know, but no, the light, just, the lights in there though, look at a bad one go through. It'll, it'll show up just as, and I have noticed that. Yeah. I the, have noticed a bad that. one will show up just as bad, just it, like a, a slick one. will. I just wonder if, if you know, the, all of the modern day products, I mean, growing up when I was 16, 17, we probably all did had the turtle wax oh, with yeah. the little green thing with the sponge you do it and mm-hmm. you do your and car all day all damn day you're exactly <laughs> right yep and but now you got the spray and wash and you got the the wipe and you know buff and you could pretty much wax your car in 20 30 minutes mm-hmm. um, I, I know technology is better but is is the product better or is old school carnuba paste wax still the best thing to put on your car you know, you still got to believe in the old stuff. I mean, I agree. It holds forever, but but this new stuff, you you don't have to worry about two days later seeing white chalky stuff around your trim. You know, 
it's just it's a little easier. But no, I think that if you do the old st- do it the old way and do it the way you're supposed to do it, you can't beat that. I don't think. Well, going back and talking about uh, you know, when when you do hands on with the cars, be it insurance work or just the project car that you do just for the satisfaction, is there a certain step of when you take it from here's where it came in, took the took it down to metal, fixed up the body sprayed it finished it and just the processes of uh doing the block work what part of that do you find the most enjoyment on when you're sitting there just figuring it out and doing it because it's are <laughs> <laughs> getting paid <laughs> it's like well, the, the end right. when i get paid but as far as just because there's something about it that that you got to enjoy there that that's you know, uh, the paycheck's great, but I mean, as far as doing the, that, work the middle, the middle stuff is is probably the worst. Where you you go in and you cut metal out, you put new metal in, you got new panels. It looks like you're really just going to war on it, and then you start spread after spread of bond on, and you block it all. You know, you put mm-hmm. you put a, a half a pint on, and, and you <laughs> sand a half a pint, and it seems like you do that forever. So that's that's the most monotonous part of it, but that, but in turn, it's almost it's the most rewarding part of it because when you get all that done, you go, wow, that thing is really mm-hmm. looks like it's supposed to look. And I ask that. Because, so that's the best and the worst, right, right there right. in the middle. Yeah. And I ask that because you you mentioned that there's guys in the sh- that in every shop that at, there are different stages of their evolution of their skills, and some guys are a little better at certain work and some guys a little better at other areas so as far as where they are and then i have guys that, that don't want anything to do with an old car mm-hmm. send me all the new and send me, i don't care if they're hit hard i don't care what but i don't want an old car wow okay so so i have to ask <laughs> being in the business i'm sure you've seen pretty much anything and everything from somebody getting their car keyed by an angry boyfriend or girlfriend to you know a three quarter almost total, but the insurance wants to fight it out. Oh yeah, we'll fix it. What is the hardest, most difficult car that's come into your business where you've where you've actually looked at it and like, are you serious? They really want us to fix this up and paint this. Do you have one of those that sticks out in your mind? I got a that, few that, of those. That's come in. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I'll do it, but it's going to cost you. But Really? Are you kidding me? You're bringing me this POS to fix. Go we had we had a Chrysler Town and Country van that are a dime a dozen, but this was a wheelchair van. Okay. Uh, yep. It was hit so hard, knocked the transmission out of it, everything. They fixed it because it was a wheelchair van. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, those updates are what thirty grand. Yeah, but you can find a used one. For, well, that's you know, a good point. Yeah. But yeah, they yeah. didn't. You know, they're like, well, that's what they looked at, it just like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a thirty thousand dollar add on to this van. It's right. worth fixing. Right. What's funny because uh, my dad has redone a few cars, and um, you know he was almost finished with the, the thirty nine Oldsmobile uh, that my brothers and I we've kind of taken over, and and we're hoping to to finish that out. It, the exterior is done. It's got a beautiful paint job on it. Um, Need some seats and upholstery, but we had a fifty Mercury that uh, my dad purchased. I forgot. He probably traded something for it. But we had all the parts, original engine, original transmission, had an extra engine for it. 
We had all the trim, some of the trims hanging in Jason's basement. There's a few pieces down here, I believe. <laughs> That's right. Some hubcaps and trim <laughs> and things like that. But um, the body had some rust. I, I mean, it was, I guess it was beyond your average person's, you know, if they're wanting to redo a car, uh, it was just beyond, it was beyond their capability or their aspirations to do. Um, we had a hell of a time trying to sell that car. Um, and we were basically trying to give it away because it was in our way. Uh, it was on a trailer and we had, I mean, it was, it was all there, but we ended up selling it for dirt cheap. Um, I forgot where I was going. And that's that. a shame. Uh, that's a it, desirable it was, car. But I had, and me and my brothers, uh, we had an idea for that car. We were going to chop it a little bit and bring it down and, and make that kick an old lead sled 50 mercury lead sled that's exactly right and you know it would probably cost fifty sixty thousand dollars to to do what we wanted to do and you know at our at our stage and our point in life we just didn't have the the money or the the heart to sink it all into it so we decided to try to sell it but we had a very difficult time giving it away and uh and it was a numbers matching car it was just a little too far gone uh, to salvage to salvage the body, mm-hmm. and, you know, and a lot of people, and don't don't get me wrong, I hate rust. I'm tired of looking at rust because I mean, new stuff rust now. But but those old cars, you can make a, a fifty Mercury. I mean, there's probably all kind of reproduction stuff out there. There for. are, there are. I had a '59 Buick, and I had to make everything for it because there was nothing out there for it. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That was his car. Yeah. Which one? Was the Trans Am? No, the Buick. Oh, the Buick. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a Buick Special, right? Is that what it was? It was a... Uh, was it a Special? The Sabre. The Sabre. Okay. Yeah. 59 Le Sabre. <laughs> really cool car. Yep. It was a cool car. So, um, I had a customer come in because we, you know, when I'm talking with people, we sometimes have downtime and chat and like, oh, we got, we got this podcast, a couple of buddies of mine and... So this weekend we've got a guy coming in to talk about uh, paint work and body work, and he's like, "Ask him this question for me." I said, "Okay, well, what is it?" He's like, "I've got a dark car, and I've got swirl marks on the side of it. How is it best to get rid of the swirl marks?" Well, somebody's obviously buffed pretty hard off its swirl, <laughs> okay, or, or stayed <laughs> away from the. Uh... Four ninety nine car wash. Oh right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's just straight line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm guilty of that. I take my car through that all the time. That's probably why I need a new. That's why I don't have black cars. You can't do that. I know right. my car's dark black cars. Dark cars. Yeah. Do- right. What are you gonna do? I've got a little buffer that's. A, it's not a. I'm trying to think of what it's called, but it's not an orbital buffer. Mm-hmm. Not an orbital. No, it's it's like a. It vibrates, right? Yeah. Okay. And that's it. All right. And, and, so, and so there's a couple of. A couple of uh, compound and and pad process, but it'll it'll and it takes some time, but it'll it'll take them out. Gotcha. Okay. Because the problem you have, you know, you'll take it with somebody and they'll get them out. They're still there. They'll right. they're hidden yeah. under under wax and right. they'll they'll come back. So let's say somebody does have an orbiter. Are the are the microfiber cloths the best, or those wool looking? Uh, lambskin. Yeah, yeah, la- yeah. Right. Yeah. What? What? What's buffing pad mm-hmm. on the pads. Yes. But what, what's best to use, especially on that of a dark car that's going to obviously show a little bit more 
it's a preference, but I like the foam pads, and, and there's a three-part process that we normally use on a black car to, where you work it, back it out from the from the swirls, swirls. to okay. making them go away. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, I've purchased two black cars in my life, and I've regretted both of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> just for that very reason, because I'm, you know, I just like my stuff shiny and, and sharp. And, you know, I've just had to accept the fact I have a black car. It's dirty four minutes after you leave the car wash. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the next day you get up, there's dust on it. I'm like, and then when you try to do it, there's, I do, I have swell marks. I I go through the car wash because I I want my car clean. So I'll do the the quick wash every few days when I'm two just to get the dust off. And, you know, it, it's abusive on the on the. Well, finish. there's nothing prettier than a black car. It's just never clean. That's true. Have, I'll never own another one. I promise you that. I'm going for silver from now on. You know, I've I've had five. <laughs> I have two right now. Black cars. It just takes a little extra effort on it. That's yeah. all. Just a little. Just a little extra. And then nobody had. You keep it a little dirty. If you keep it a little dirty, if you keep it a little dirty, then you, your expectations have come down a little bit. <laughs> I have to keep it a little dirty to keep up with my neighborhood, but <laughs> if it's too clean, it, it attracts too many people. <laughs> That's the first thing with a black car. You keep it just a smidge dirty. It's kind of like uh, if you have a European car that's ex- that's expensive. You keep one thing broken on it, so that, that way oh, something else that doesn't takes break care of on itself. It. That's right. <laughs> right. If you have one thing that you know is broken that can you can fix, other thing because once you fix it. It's going to say, let me give you a new project. I'll tell you what, Mark, it's been a fantastic conversation. Uh, It's been fun. I have a cousin in the bodywork business, and he lives and breathes uh, bodywork, and he is a a true professional and perfectionist. So I'd love to possibly introduce you to him sometime. Please uh, do. To shoot stories, uh, but he is is a true professional and uh, perfectionist. I would love uh, to. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, Mark. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here this evening. Uh, you've had some great tips to share, and we're certainly glad to have you on our show. So, thank you very much for joining us here tonight. And for our listeners of the podcast, like us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe so you're notified of new shows, and please leave us a review. Thanks for listening, and until next time, happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast. <laughs>